Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We have bellied up on the first day of November, and depending upon where you live, I'm not a I'm not a weatherman, but I can tell you right now, we went from 70s and 80s like three days ago here in the New York area where I'm at to it was snowing this morning. So it has been absolutely ridiculous, and that causes stress. And because that causes stress, we needed someone here to help manage our stress. We brought with us the professor of poppy seeds, the professor of Pete Moss. Well, we'll just call him who it is. We got with us professor Pete Alexander. <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> like how that, I love know. that. I love that. And thanks so much for having me on your great show and for your listeners time as well. Absolutely, brother. Well, look, I mean. I w- that's a beautiful background you got there. I mean, thank uh, you very we much. Get, we got to talking about sports and yep. Deion Sanders career and Pete is a disappointed man. Cause he's a LA. He's an, are you in Oakland? No, I, you, I spent most of my life in that, in the Oakland area, but no, you're uh, in I Cali. Lived, no, I, so I was now I'm in the Washington state. Okay. I want to go to Washington state. I want to go to the Puget sound. There you go. That's and I'm actually a 10 minute walk from the sound. Really? See, that's so being from Baltimore, I love good seafood. I love that that food scene. And I'm not like well versed on West Coast seafood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's a it, I think you guys do it a different way. Like we steam everything, mm-hmm. steam or broil in Maryland, where I grew up at. And I think you guys do it a little bit different. So I gotta get out there. Yeah. But, I'm all about it. But before we get going too far here, folks, let's go ahead and get some house cleaning done. I think we're going to have fun. Uh, Professor Pete and I have already started to bond here over sports and disappointment because I'm an O's fan. But this year wasn't disappointing for us. It took a yeah. lot there. But real quick here, folks, as always, over my right shoulder, we got the big board for sticker and a cause. Maybe you've got your own podcast, a sports team that you're supporting, local softball team. I don't care what it is, podcast. Reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. Even our email is the above the bar podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what it is. I'll tell you where to where to uh, send this sticker to. We'll read about it live on the air. Put it up here on the big board for everybody to see. So again, folks, that sticker and a cause. Now, you out there in Washington State and you're close to the Puget Sound or Puget. Puget sound like you can't mm-hmm. need to change the name of that maybe, but yeah. uh, out there by the sound, you guys, you know, you get cold, you get, oh, you get yeah. mm-hmm. so one of the things you might need our uh, sponsor and that's budget blinds of East Greenbush and budget blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, the, as a company, budget blinds have been around for 30 years and for budget blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York and budget blinds of East Greenbush, New York, they're running their pre-Black Friday sale. So if you schedule your appointment between today and November 24th, they're going to give you, they call it their triple 50 sale. They're going to give you 50% off of one window, 50% off of installation, and 50% off of shipping as a pre-Black Friday sale. So that means, folks, if you've got that big, giant, 108-inch 
picture window that looks over a lake and you're looking to motorize that thing, you know it's going to be costly. Reach out to budget blinds of each screen bush, budget blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York, and get that thing taken care of because it's 50% off of one window, 50% off of insulation, and 50% off of shipping. You can't beat that kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, Professor Pete, we are – what do you prefer? Is it Professor Pete? Is it Pete? Is it PA? <laughs> it's <laughs> most people call me Professor Pete. All right, I like, but Professor. but I but I don't I don't go for PP. <laughs> I'll go for PP. I'm gonna call you PP. Hey there, PP. What you doing, PP? But so we got Professor Pete on today, folks, because like I said, we're talking about stress and stressors, and uh, I'm gonna probably get him to talk a little bit about green business because he's got a little bit of a green green thumb. Uh, we planted just an FYI. I think we worked it out somewhere between uh, 180 and 200 bulbs of garlic last Sunday. Oh my God. That's a lot. I, I plant a lot of garlic. Well, I love garlic. So you, you and I both. <laughs> so you have, you have a brand preference or, or, or a strain. I don't know what the right term would be. Uh, the, I don't have, I don't know what the strains are, but, uh, I do know that I'll put it in pretty much everything unless, um, unless I've got to, uh, go, you know, let's say do a presentation or something where my breath is going to be scaring the vi vampires away. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to give you a recommendation because you have, cause you guys in, well, I at least know, uh, Seattle and Albany where I'm at are on the same parallel. Mm -hmm. so yep. We actually get more rain than you guys do. We just don't get the gray clouds blowing off the Pacific. Correct. And you guys get more snow as well. Yes, we definitely get a lot of snow. It's snowing this morning. But um, I'll recommend a... Um, you got... I'm assuming... Uh, is Marcello one of your... Somebody you know? Team Live? Hashtag Team Live? Mm -mm. From Atlanta? Hey. Well, oh, from Atlanta. Listen, Marcello. Let me tell you right now, you are the best food. You're the best hidden food city in the world. Yeah, it's good. It's Atlanta. People, I just found out my favorite pizza place. I, I told you food is a thing for me. I'm sorry. We're going to talk I, about you, You're making me hungry because I'm I'm at five o'clock right now or five oh, or okay. six. Well, let me tell you. You could probably, get a, you could probably catch a, a red eye to Atlanta. And there's a pizza place there called Antico Pizza. In the airport? No, it's, okay. it, it's in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Uh, that actually, but there's a varsity in the airport. And if you've never had varsity, you got to have varsity. Hmm. But in Atlanta, this, this pizza place was, they didn't get a Michelin star, but they got a Michelin mention as a pizza shop. Really? Wow. It's that good. It is every bit that good. And the last time I had it was 2014. They're still around and they're still that good. Absolutely amazing pizza. Okay, so I gotta I gotta plug my uh, my youngest son's place that he he works for an employee owned one actually in the San Francisco Bay Area and it is pizza to die for. Those of you uh, that love Chicago stuffed pizza, imagine Chicago stuffed pizza using all fresh ingredients instead of the canned ingredients that a lot of the Chicago pizzas use. And uh, it's called Zachary's Pizza, and it's been around since I was in college. So. That's back in the Stone Age of the early '80s. So, and that, now, it's, so that's in the Bay Area. Bay Area. Yep, they've got uh, what is it? Five, five, six locations. Oh, I love it. But yeah, yeah. so garlic-wise, my recommendation for you is to go get you some garlic called Music. 
Music garlic. Music, okay. just like it sounds. It's All a, right. It's a Canadian hardneck. Um, and it's got like purple veiny. It mm -hmm. is absolutely the most. It tastes, for as stupid as this is going to sound, it tastes like garlic. You get a little bit of that garlic, raw garlic bite, but you doesn't don't get a heavy burn. Oh, interesting. But you get the bite, and it's when you grow it fresh, it's super sticky. Ooh. Super sticky. I love it. It's like that right. sticky icky. It's that sticky icky, but not the sticky <laughs> icky. You know what I'm saying? It's that other sticky I do. Icky. I do. That sticky icky. It's the other sticky icky. <laughs> but so, Professor Pete, let's start with, let's start right here. You're a professor of what? Marketing. Okay. Yep. So so how I've... long have you been in that world? Oh, wow. I started in uh, 1999, actually, before I even had my PhD. Um, uh, what I was, I was running a uh, digital marketing company and uh, I decided, hey, you know what? I'm seeing some uh, colleges that are offering classes, what, you know, at night for working professionals. And I thought, what better place to uh, expose the uh, agency than to those that are trying to figure it out, especially back then during the wild, wild west uh, of the of the web, and uh, started teaching it and realized I really enjoyed to have fun at the uh, the reviews I was getting from my students were outstanding, and so I decided to 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 get my PhD and then uh, continue to uh, do do basically you know they call it adjunct uh, part time uh, professorship uh, since since that time so it's uh now getting on was that nine so first class was 1999 i was i was doing a hybrid for uh, uc berkeley so i've been uh, doing it now for different colleges uh pretty much on and off since then so 24 years so wow. I, I i'm currently uh, i work for a, a university called antioch university that has several uh, campuses throughout the country that's it. I think I've heard of Antioch. Mm -hmm, they, mm -hmm. they, I feel like they're on the on the military installations. Or yes, yes. That's... Well, it's they're not on the they're not on the campus, but they do target uh, military to help okay, them. Okay, maybe that's where I heard it. Mm -hmm. So, you you got into marketing, got your PhD in marketing, mm -hmm. but then you also have the and I'm gonna jack this up. So you 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 fix me as I need to be fixed there, uh, okay. Professor Pete, because I will jack things up. You also have uh, your your other business, which why am I? It's I keep wanting to just in my head green thumb, but I can't remember. The, it's indoor. It's the indoor plant thing. Say the right name for me because I don't know why it's not dawning on me. Office plants by everything grows. Basically, officeplants.com. Yeah. So, so did that come before or <laughs> after the uh, the marketing piece? So it came after. Uh, what happened was I was working for the second company in a row that got bought by its main competitor. And oh, I decided I wanted to have a little bit more control over my future. And uh, so what I ended up happening was uh, I started looking for a business. And I didn't want the typical like retail or restaurant business where you're just going to be working so many hours and uh, you're dependent on foot traffic, basically. And so uh, I, I found this, this that targeted businesses only, not homes. So, uh, you know, it's only B2B. And for the most part, it's uh, Monday through Friday. And it worked out really well. And my first year that I uh, owned it, uh, I bought a struggling 
business that uh, was was losing customers, and I was able to turn it around back in 2005 is when I bought it. It took a year to turn it around. And uh, that first year, I thought I made the biggest mistake because I, I thought, what the heck have I done? It's just, this is aggravating. I'm making no money. I'm losing money, et cetera. And, and then uh, finally, it turned the, the corner. And um, it's been a really, really fun experience uh, uh, over the last, now, uh, let's see, it's been uh, 18 years. And so uh, what's really great about it is that we built it up, me and my business partner, I brought a business partner in uh, back in 2008, and uh, we turned it around. And what we were able to do is during the recession of 2008, uh, we were the only plant uh, interior landscaper who was growing during that time because we know from the suppliers, they told us that. And then when COVID hit uh, in uh, March of 2020, we actually, in one month's time, we lost 60% of our business. One month. So basically, all of our growth from 2014 through 2019 disappeared in 30 days. And we, did, we didn't know whether or not we were going to survive, etc. But uh, we finally got back to 2019 numbers at the end of last year. And I just you know, totally give all of our employees the credit for that. Uh, it just, we were able to rebound and uh, now the business is stronger than ever. That's amazing. And the reason I'm asking these questions is, you know, a lot of people like I'm a firm believer in those who, those who can do those who can't teach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there, there's, that's a real thing. But when you can find somebody who has done both, you know, somebody who can talk to you about marketing and say, hey, I took a business that was currently a soup sandwich and in a year turned it into something profitable. I'm going to tell me if I'm wrong. How much of that was in the marketing piece? Oh, tons, tons. It, um, you know, when I when I acquired the business, they didn't have a website. <laughs> they were, believe it or not, for those and those younger, we're going to have to uh, tell what this is. <laughs> But believe it or not, the the majority of the marketing that the business was doing when I bought it in 2005, are you ready for this? It was a yellow page ad. Wow. <laughs> Even in 2005, that's a, that's a wow. Because I mean, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were online at that point. I mean, well, we were, we were way we were... online, and and the yellow or the yellow pages wasn't working back then. Because you know, it, 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 I always thought about it too. You know, when when that yellow page was dropped on my driveway and I'm going, what the heck is, uh, you know, this thing? It's well, OK, I guess it helps to package stuff up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Wow. But it was so expensive, too. I couldn't believe it. They were charging and we're not talking about a big ad. Um Oh, and I've there's a somebody who says pizza's stre a great stress reliever, and I have a comment for that. Absolutely, okay. Nathan. Um, but the you know it just it was a crazy how how much money those ads for just like a bold name thing, uh, not even a big ad, cost. It was it was it was several hundred dollars to get in in that annual book. It was ridiculous. So, um, 
yeah, it, so th there were different things. And so the marketing was what we did and, and went out and, and met with customers, started doing a lot more quality control and, and turned it around. So, but, so Nathan, um, pizza is a wonderful stress reliever. I 100% agree. And there's, um, it reminds me of one of my favorite all-time jokes as well. Okay, So Nathan and anyone else listening, do you know what the the uh, what uh, pizza and sex have in common? Even when they're bad, they're still good. Oh, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. When they're good, they're really, really good. But when they're bad, they're still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But and your my buddy George, George, I'm gonna make you a deal. Don't let me forget it. They're all in the ground, and any of the leftover bulbs were drying out right now for garlic powder. Mm. Remind me next year, and I will send you one of the bulbs, and you can plant your own. Oh, wow. Uh, and we, we will take it. But, George, I need a. you have to find somebody back in Tennessee to send me ramps. So that's a fair trade. But so, and the reason I, I talk about all these things, and I really believe in this, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I watched this guy talk about marketing or I talked mm -hmm. to this person about stress relief, but they're not actually involved in it. And I think really, you know, the biggest thing I wanted to talk to you about today, Professor Pete, was being a business owner, being owning your own business. There's a lot of different stresses in the world. And look, I got it. Billy, Billy threw his car and, you know, Susie got a knot in her hair or whatever the, the different stuff is. But when you're a business owner, marketing and stresses are very, very different than than other people's. And I would tell this to people all the time. Don't go to your local – don't go to your psychologist or psychiatrist or – I can't always get the PhD thing backwards. Don't – I hate to say this, folks. Don't go to them if you're a business owner and you're looking for stress relief. Don't do it. Go find another business owner, somebody that ran a business who can talk to you about it. Because I can tell you what my number one stress reliever is, making money. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Nothing relieves my stress better. Uh -huh. uh, and in marketing, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of marketing. Pete, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. What I, I'll, I'll tell I spend a lot of money on marketing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I believe in marketing because marketing to me Correct me if I'm wrong. When everybody else is sucking and all the businesses around you are failing, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to ramp up your marketing because they're cutting back. Yeah. Anytime that, uh, anytime that the, uh, you know, like, let's say, uh, you know, all the economists are saying we're heading for another recession. And so that's like what we do. We say, okay, we're not going to minimize our marketing because the fact of the matter is the marketing becomes more affordable because there's less competition for it. And um, the, the, the key with marketing, what I always uh, believe in is whatever your marketing, whatever your messaging is to the appropriate audience, just make sure that whatever your messaging you back up, because the worst thing that you can do is when you're branding yourself and you're branding yourself with a particular audience and then their exper direct experience with your company or your brand is a negative, then that 
means that whatever you were promising, you know, the uh, a great brand is a is a promise delivered basically. And so just make sure that you don't overpromise. I've I've uh, throughout my career, I have been a huge proponent of underpromise and overdeliver because Whenever somebody overpromises and they can't deliver, then guess what? You've just disappointed the customer, 100%. or you've disappointed whoever your you know your manager, etc. So always, I, I'm a big believer in sandbagging because it's way, way, <laughs> way better to seriously. It's way better. <laughs> it was just in the Marine Corps we used that term. Great to hear you say sandbagging because normally if, if somebody was sandbagging, I'd be like, dude, I'm gonna whoop your ass. You're <laughs> it's true because you know why you know i would far more rather have a conversation about why i you know basically undersold what the, what i thought i was going to do than explain why i didn't hit whatever the number was you know what i i in my business one of the things because i have to all my products are custom Mm-hmm. So people are like, well, how long until I get this? It's going to be three to five weeks. Mm-hmm. And I use that as a gauge because I'm like, if it shows up in two, great. If it shows up in four, nobody's upset. If it took longer than that, I can, you knew that, hey, there's a possibility that, that it could take longer yep. and nobody gets upset about it. So I understand yep. exactly what you mean. Yep. But you you took all these things and your your marketing background, again, building a business and folks, if you want to know what professor Pete's got going on real quick, scrolling on the bottom of the screen, you can see it. It's Pete Alexander.com P E T Alexander, just like it sounds.com. You've got to see what he's got going on. We're going to talk about something towards the, the back end that I I want to have here from him. Uh, George just said, so coming from a lean six Sigma training, how did you evaluate where the waste was and what you changed to make the difference to gain success for when I bought the plant business, I, I'm well, assuming business or in, in general, I mean, as a okay. teacher, you know, in a marketing specialist, mm-hmm. I, I know that's one of the things for me and George, that's a great question. I just went over all my marketing and I had to dig through some data to go, Hey, this streaming TV service, it's a great idea, but my customer base is 55 to 60 years and older. Mm-hmm the chances of them watching they watch streaming TV, but the chances that they're going to watch something with commercials where my ad's going to come up is kind of slim to none. They're going to spend the extra couple of dollars. If you can buy what I'm selling, you're spending a couple extra dollars to not watch commercials. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I would say there's two questions that are probably my favorite, both for you, George, and also Sean, uh, you know, that I would highly, highly recommend anyone consider. <clears throat> The first one is uh, what you want to do is ask every one of your customers, how did you find out about us? Because they're going to tell you what marketing is working. So was it a commercial? Was it an ad? Was it a person who referred you? Because word of mouth, I did my PhD on word of mouth. Word of mouth is by far and away the most powerful form of marketing you can have because the person who refers that customer to you has done all the selling for you. You just have to close them. That's it, literally. Because if you think about it, 
when you see an ad, okay, it's an ad. Somebody has paid, you know, a company has paid to be in front of you for that ad or, you know, whatever it is, whatever media channel, whether it's social media, TV, you know, print. And so that's, you know, I'm glad, glad that answers for you, George, on that one. The other key question that you want to ask your existing customers, and we do this every year, we do an annual uh, survey, which we actually offer because uh, we, uh, for all of our customers who fill it out, we say, would you like us to send you a uh, Starbucks uh a coffee card or an Amazon card, we it's worth it to get this information back from them. But it's called the ultimate question. The ultimate question is basically how likely, and this is on a scale from one to 10, how likely are you to refer our company to your peers? Sure. That is so it's called the ultimate question. There's a, there's a book on this, actually a couple books. And the research behind that question shows that those companies that score eight or higher on average with that question are the most profitable businesses in their market. And that's because wow. it's, yeah, because you want to know. And so what we do is we ask our customers that question every year. And what's wonderful is we, you know, we we're scoring eight or above, but what also happens is that if a customer says, well, something happened, if it hit a seven or a six, they let us know something, guess what? We can actually respond to it now and we can keep that customer because the other thing to keep in mind, George and Sean, if you've experienced this as well, yeah. um, as a marketing professor, I know this very well, as well as it being an entrepreneur that it costs four to five times more money to generate a new customer than it is to keep an existing customer. So do everything you can, as long as it's a good customer, you know, obviously, you know, I don't know, George, if, uh, you know, if you've had to experience this or Sean, if you've ever had to experience this, sometimes you have to fire a customer. And, I'm in process of that right now. Okay. So yes. So that, and it's a hard thing to do because it's like, no, 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 no. You want to keep your customers. But every now and then in my experience, we've had customers that just don't fit. They have a, it, you know, their, their expectation is off the charts and it, it was never, never on the same level as us or whatever it happens to be, or they don't want to spend the, you know, uh, pay the price that's fair to us or whatever it happens to be. So but for the vast majority of customers, if you can do the little things to keep them happy, it's going to pay off in droves for you versus spending money to try and generate a new customer. Because going back to it, we have to convince that new customer and that costs money. And the most cost-effective way of doing that is word of mouth, but it's not a broad-based kind of a thing, word of mouth, unless it's on a negative because that's where you have to be very careful because uh, with social media, if somebody has a really bad experience with your company or your service or your product, if they're one review away from being very difficult. And, and you know what? It's funny you talk about those things. One of my favorite things to do is when I'm not willing to do business with somebody is make it their idea. Mm-hmm. Like I had a gentleman just recently, great guy, super nice, 
in my business, I take a hundred percent of payment up front. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I only want to give you 25%. I said, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say it that way. I was like, well, I appreciate that. If that makes you comfort comfortable. And, and I did, I read, uh, you may have read this book, never split the difference. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I went, how could I, how could I operate like that? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I understand. I was like, I'll make you this deal. I can do 80%. Oh no, I got burned this, that, and the other. Okay. Look, man, go call this company, go call that company, go do all your research and call me back. Mm-hmm. I'll be here. I'm not chasing you. Mm-hmm. And you know what the best part about that is? And I would love to hear because I will tell you, and I want, it goes right into the stress relieving side to this. Cause I want to know what some of the ways that, that you feel to deal with that are because the other side to it is, is I have a thing in my head that goes, you got to win. You got to close them all. You got to get mm-hmm. everything closed. You know, years of recruiting for the Marine Corps was close them down. You got, mm-hmm. I got, I got to close everything. Mm-hmm. You never know when the next one's going to, going to show up. But in this world, I almost feel like it, like if that guy wouldn't go back and be like, you know what? We couldn't come to an agreement because he wanted this, but you know what? Damn it. That guy was a nice guy and he was a good mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. But the other side that is, oh, George got a question here. I asked the way I asked because I'm looking to start a business. And a big question I had was, is it worth keeping the one or marketing more? George, let me tell you right now, and this is the best. And I'm going to answer this. And Professor Pete, I need your response on this before we go into stress relief. And I want to know what, what the heck a, uh, what's, what is the yoga term? You, a, uh, oh, laughter yoga. Laughter <laughs> yoga. I don't know what that is. It just makes you laugh hearing it. Here's the best thing I would tell you, George. If you think the money is pro, the the business is profitable, and you know, George, I think we talked about it. I, I own a franchise. If you think the business is profitable, if you're not spending in your first year ten percent of what you think you need to be making, not what you are making, what you need to be making on marketing, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's a it's a hard thing for a lot of people to understand. That if, hey, I need to be making a hundred thousand, I need to spend ten thousand, but I'm only making sixty. Now I'm spending actually more more than that. I promise you, I promise you, in my business, I've watched since I started in May, I've stayed on the same marketing path. And every single month, uh save that one. Say that one. Okay, I'll say it one more time, George. Uh but I've watched my business go to more, more, more every time. Here's what I'm going to say, George. And Professor Pete, correct me if I'm wrong. You need to spend on marketing, not what you are, not 10% of what you are making, 10% of what you want to make on marketing. Meaning if you're, if you're want to make a hundred thousand dollars, you need to spend in your first year. The first year is the most critical. Mm-hmm. You need to spend ten per ten thousand dollars a month on marketing. If that's if you want to make a hundred thousand a month, if you want to make two hundred thousand a month, well, you're going to have to spend twenty thousand. Yeah. If you're only making the toughest part that we all run into, George, is if you're at if you're only currently that business is making sixty thousand a month, and now you're going to spend ten thousand on marketing. It's hard to get our head. That's that's that stressor. It's hard to get our head wrapped like, but I've still got to pay all these other bills. Mm-hmm. I promise you, 
spend that money on marketing. That should be your number one expense behind employees. Yep. And I, what I would add to that, Sean, for uh, George, you want to be able to uh, understand that marketing is an investment. You are investing in the business. You are setting your brand up. It takes a while to get that brand brand there. The other critical thing to do is if you're spending, let's say, $10,000 a month, you want to make sure you're spending it wisely. So, you know, going back to when uh, I uh, bought my uh, interior landscaping business, spending, you know, what, what was it? It was several hundred dollars on a Yellow Pages ad that we did never got one call, not one call. So, and starting from scratch, yes. So you should, you should uh, go ahead and set a goal out. Of one of the things that... Um, you always want to be doing is, is even a one page business plan on what you want to accomplish with your business. And that includes how much you want to make in that first year. So first month, first uh, quarter, first, first year, and you just, you know, you need to start ramping up. So clearly you need to have some money set aside to be able to ramp up your business. So, uh, so whatever it is that you set out to be in terms of, of what income you want to make from that business, you have to do 10% and look at it as an investment. And the other thing that I'd highly recommend as an entrepreneur to you is remember that there's certain expenses that are more important than others. And one of them, well, a, a employees, you know, employees get paid before vendors get paid. Employees get paid before, before the light. You know, the 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 electrical. You know, it's just it's just that's the kind of thing. When when if your if your money is stretched, you make sure that the employees come first with the uh, with the their their payroll. So that's that's. Why is that so hard for businesses to understand that? Pay your employees right away mm -hmm. before you worry about. Hey, did my vendors get their money? Did this one get their money? Just pay your employees. Why Absolutely. is it so hard for people to understand? I, you know, I don't know. I think because uh, most of the business owners that I've worked with, they look at employees as an expense. And for us, we look at the employees as an asset. So, so George is in a huge baseball community uh -huh. and wants to open a, a batting facility with a local, with a local baseball player slash training business. Okay. So, so uh, super simple, George, a and Professor Pete, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I, I'm, I'm loving this one. I, I, I've got this a few is, ideas right off the bat for that. Theme. <laughs> so I'm going to hold on to my ideas because my first thing is what other ones are around you and shop your competition. That's the first thing I did yep. was shop your competition. Go in there and be like, hey, my 10-year-old's looking to play baseball. Mm -hmm. How much is it? What if I want to come in and bat around? So that's the first thing I do. If you want to know what your marketing, your first marketing thing is, is shop your competition and your, and your friend. Right. And your competition may not just be a, other baseball, like batting uh, cages. It might actually be other activities that, you oh, know, yeah. kids are looking for. So, cause you remember, you know, uh, parents have typically a limited you know, dollar amount to spend on their kids in terms of their extracurricular activities. I, you know, I'm a parent of three. And so, you know, you have to figure out what is it that the kids want to do. But um, 
what is it that, that, you know, on average, what is some of the other activities, whether it's soccer camp, which was huge where, where my kids went and neither one of them ever played soccer. They couldn't stand it, but that was a big, big money one, uh, you know, football, of course, baseball, basketball, whatever, you know, those are the things th those are competition for you as well. But if there isn't a batting cage per se competition in figure, uh, a, a I would say in a 15 mile radius, that's probably where your competition is going to, you know, the most competition is going to be 15 miles or figure, depending on what kind of traffic it is, where you're living, uh, a parent does not want to drive more than 30 minutes to take their kids somewhere. So is that 15 miles? Is that, you know, with stoplights and everything, is that 20 miles, whatever it is, that's your radius. Um, the other thing when you're looking at that to open it with a local baseball player is make sure that that baseball player has a real positive public persona. So look at their, look at their social media, uh, because if they're posting some stuff that may be considered more inappropriate, parents are not going to really be excited about that. So you have to be careful about that too, before you, uh, you get somebody, but having a, having a, a celebrity, it's going to cost more. However, you have the opportunity too to make them a business partner. And, you know, if they've got, if they've saved some money from their professional career, great. They have some money to, to invest in it. And, and George, if, if you're going to be the only game in town, that's awesome. But here's what I, yeah, New Jersey hall of fame player. Oh, sweet. I mean, even better. What I would tell you then Knowing that, and tell me what you, what you think here, Professor Pete. The minute your business is successful, imitation is not always the greatest form of flattery. Yeah. The minute yep. your your business is successful, somebody's going to say, "Well, George is an idiot. I can do better than he can." Mm -hmm. And they're going to try to copy what you do, and they're going to figure out what you do. Yep. So again, your marketing piece has to be. I always I think about uh, some of these. What's the one I heard? Uh, it was the hamburger one. So, what the hell is his? Name? I can't think of the guy's name. He's one of the the, the guy who started the uh, actual McDonald's franchises. Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not well. Um, I saw the movie. Um, right, they did a movie about yeah, it. But yeah. you know, Michael Keaton was the uh, lead lead in that. Oh, I forgot. And, um, and they talked. He always he did. He met with a bunch of business. Uh, college business master's yep. degree, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And was, and they asked, he asked them all, what business am I in? And they said, hamburgers. Mm -hmm. He said, Nope. He said, they were like, what restaurant? And he was like, no. And he let them all say it. And when he came down to it, he said, I'm in the business of land ownership. And they were like, mm -hmm. what? He goes, yes, my, the land that McDonald's sits on is more valuable than the restaurants. If you think about the corners they're on, they're on some of the most valuable corners mm -hmm. of property in the entire world. Mm -hmm. uh, not long ago, they actually surpassed the Catholic Church as owning more property than the Catholic Church. Think about I'm that. I'm surprised it was just just recently. I would have well, thought that would recently within 15, 20 years. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and you put in the grand scheme of the Catholic Church. Yeah, but but the reason I say that, George, is yes, you're going to run a successful business. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to capitalize. George, capitalize the conversation. Have fun with this. This is why yeah. we do this. This is the best part. Are you kidding? This is fun. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is 
don't just be in the business of training kids to be baseball players. A high school coach does that. A t-ball coach does that. Figure out what you can be in the business of that feeds into that, that that becomes your marketing piece. So if, so, Hey, we teach young people baseball, blah, 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 blah. Oh, but by the way, what you don't realize is they're also teaching moral value. You know, if that's, if that's where you're at, you know, whatever it happens to, to be, what's your thoughts on, on trying to find that underlying in your marketing like that, Professor Pete? Yeah. I, to me, I would think too, George, that one of the er ways that I, I might market it is selling the dream of making it to the, you know, major leagues, selling the dream. And that is a powerful, powerful thing. Another thing that, you know, to, to Sean's point is if you make this a really successful business, you have just lined yourself up to potentially expand whether you want to keep it uh, as business owned or you franchise it out. Because that, I mean, and you can, you, you know, it's it, there's certain parameters depending on the states. But yeah, I mean, but selling the dream because how many kids dream about being in the major leagues or in the NFL or in the NBA or the NHL. That's, I mean, but the percentage of them is so small, but there, if the kids that are willing to put the effort in, you know, what happens if they make it and the, it, all it takes, you've got, you know, if you've got a, a hall of famer that you, that can put his name on it and then you get one player who went to your facility and makes it even for, as they call it, a cup of coffee in the majors. Boom. <laughs> I mean. So you have to explain this one to me, George. So, so he says, this place is nuts with baseball. I don't want to, I don't want to teach. So, so to speak other, other that just providing a facility close to where we live, they can bring their kids. Mm -hmm. So you're not looking to, so you can do that. You can have a, a nice, clean, safe facility where people can bring their kids and whoever this baseball guy is, then you rent space to him where he can have, have training in there that on these days. So you run the facility, you own the facility, you own the building, you own the property that it's mm -hmm. on because that's mm -hmm. your real money, whether mm -hmm. you believe that or not, but you then rent the space to these and then you find, so that becomes my my six year old wrestles. He's he loves to wrestle, and I'm not talking WWE like high school collegiate <laughs> wrestling. The guy who owns the facility, phenomenal dude named Joe. Well, Joe is connected with all the high schools, and mm -hmm. elementary schools, and middle schools throughout the entire capital region of New York. They all bring their kids there, and then coming up in the next couple of weeks, it'll be all the smaller kids will start to come in and he's training these smaller kids. He, he cuts us a good deal. It's like, you know, 150 a month to wrestle two times a week. And he provides the facilities and the training, but all the schools are connected. Every kid. That's what he, where he's made his, you know, it, Oh, so makes so, Nate, I'll get to yours in a minute. Professor Pete, we're 43 minutes into this. We haven't even gotten into 
into the yoga piece. <laughs> George, I love that you asked this question because this is this is something I'm very passionate about is, is marketing. I I believe now let me ask this before we change gears. And I, I have my answer to this. Do you believe legacy marketing is dead? No. No. Mm -mm. No, because there's uh, there's certain okay, so and I'll give you a perfect example of that. <clears throat> when I say what is the most reliable dishwasher, what brand do you think of? Shag. Okay. Exactly, because they spent, you know, the lonely um Maytag repairman. Here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. In the last two houses that I have owned, I've had to have my dishwasher replaced. Okay? Or one repaired, one replaced. And I asked both repair guys, you know, independent guys, I said, so, you know, what's the what's the lousiest uh dishwashers that they experience? Both guys said Maytag. <laughs> <laughs> but the brand remains. Yeah. So because there's been so much money put into it, so it's not dead. In fact, I saw somebody walking around with a Kodak plastic bag, and I was thinking to myself, wow, when's the last time that I've actually bought something from Kodak? A long, long time ago. However, Kodak still has a powerful brand. Oh, yeah. So it's just... The the money that's put in there uh, is is you know if you, if it's done right and one of the things that I have taught my students is when you know when I ask them about you know what are the most you know what 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 are the top brands I don't ask them what are the top brands in terms of oh what comes to mind I ask them what do you think are the top twenty global most valuable brands. Because the valuable brands means that what are those brands mean to the bottom line of the business? And so that is a big difference. If I'm still correct, it used to be Ferrari. It's now Lego, then Ferrari. So they're neither Ferrari or Lego is really? even in the top 20. Really? Nope. So that used to be like the biggest thing was like they were the best, most marketed was Lego and Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? So Lego Lego's in the in the top 30, but it's not in the top 20. Yeah. So you know the, the ones that would would that we all know about would be Coca-Cola, of course, mm -hmm. Apple, um, Microsoft is, uh, Samsung. Still Microsoft. Still mm -hmm. Microsoft. Still Microsoft. Still Microsoft. So ones ones that have dropped out that were there many years ago, things like IBM, IBM's yeah, not Xerox, you know big blue, yeah Xerox, another one that 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 were big ones, you know, let's say thirty years ago, they're not there anymore. So yeah, so there's uh, there's a lot of value in legacy branding, it really is, but you just have to make sure to utilize it the right way. So I'm a huge fan, and, and we're getting close here to the end, and and I want to keep going through all your stuff here, and folks, again. If you like what Professor Pete's got going on, PeteAlexander.com. Check him out. See what he's got going on. George, I would recommend reach out to Professor Pete. You can find him on LinkedIn under Professor Peter Alexander. Mm -hmm. you, his hair's a little darker in that picture. I'm not going to lie. 
<laughs> you know what's funny though is, is that picture was from last week when I did my TEDx. <laughs> oh, was it? Did you, yeah. did a, you did a TEDx last week. Yeah. And what's yeah, the difference yeah. between a TED talk and a TEDx? So the difference is, so TEDx is part of TED. Okay. Uh, when TED started back 30 years ago, they uh, only had one conference, and all these people wanted to pitch them on a talk. And so what they decided to do, they wanted to have these ideas shared more broadly. So they they made TEDx and the X stands for expanded. So basically oh. it's independently licensed events throughout not only the country here in the US, but also the world. And so uh, I did a, a TEDx event uh, in the Salt Lake City area last week. And I've been told it takes uh, roughly eight to 12 weeks before you know, it gets uh, consideration by Ted because there's only um, there's okay. a, they only have a only have a few people that actually look at these videos. So, you know, we'll see. So, well, let's get into God, Professor Pete. You and I got like two or three shows that we could be doing right now. Absolutely, could do some more because I again I love marketing. But so you have the stress relief made simple. Mm -hmm. What what is that? So that basically is what you see in the book. So lighten your day. Um, and what lighten your day is, lighten is a seven uh, letter acronym that stands for the seven areas of our, our, our lives that basically stresses our, us out. So L is for your livelihood, your career. Uh, I is your imagination or your conscious mind, which is basically 5% of your brain. But guess what? It's your inner critic. So, and we all have that lovely inner critic. Then the G is your genius, what I like to uh, uh, re reference as your unconscious, because your unconscious is actually where the real change happens. That's where your habits are formed. That's where your memories are stored, your, your perception of the world is. So that's whenever you, you're stressed out about something that's really deep core, that's where it needs to change. Uh, then the H is your health, your physical health, uh, because without your physical health, nothing else matters. I always tell that to everyone because if you've, you know, some people say, oh, that's not, a, you know, I'll, I'll take care of my health whenever. Well, the reality is everybody can relate to being sick, like with the flu or something at some point. And I ask them and I say, okay, so think back to the last time that you had a really bad flu. Did you feel like doing anything other than lying in bed? They said, probably not. Well, guess what? When all you can do is lie in bed, you're no good to your business. You're no good to your friends, right. family, et cetera. Take care of your health. Uh, the T is time because we all don't have enough time. And time, once it's gone, you can't get it back. So be, uh, be very mindful of that. E is your environment because you want to make sure that uh, you take care of the, or your surroundings because you don't want your environment stressing you out. So do whatever you can to reduce that stress. And then N is your network of uh, relationships. So the, you know, the stress relief tips in my book, there's over 120 uh, of them. I ended up writing it uh, after I burnt out, uh, you know, because I wasn't doing anything to relieve my stress. I just kept on type A personality, kept on juggling everything. And I had the business, the landscaping business to run. My dad was dying and he needed his affairs to be taken care of. My mom had to have major surgery and didn't, didn't have uh, 
uh, insurance for physical therapy to help her. So she needed help. My kids were small at that time, wanted my attention. And oh, by the way, my uh, my marriage was heading for a divorce. So <laughs> needless to say, lots you of get stuff a sharp on my stick shoulders. In the eye at any point in time, just like somebody yeah. stabbed you right in the eye with a stick. Exactly. So it so boom, all of a sudden. Um, my body broke down because it was giving me warnings. And that's something that our bodies do. They give us warnings that we need to take care of ourselves. And when we continue to ignore our warning signs, like let's say, you know, early signs might be things like sh back and shoulder stiffness, because what do we do? We, when we're at a desk, we hunch over when we are stressed. So that's back and shoulder stiffness. There's going to be things like we're not getting enough sleep or excessive sleep. We might be getting frequent colds instead of like one cold a year or something. We're getting that. How about digestive disorders where no amount of Pepto-Bismol is helping us? Um, headaches. How about this one? You know, instead of getting an occasional headache where you reach for the Excedrin bottle, you're getting them every day. Well, guess what? Your body's telling you you got those problems. And so, and and weight fluctuations as well. That was the one that was the final straw for me because, uh about 30, yeah, 35 days before um, uh, I was diagnosed with stress-induced diabetes, I lost 30 pounds in 30 days. I was in my mid-40s, and the weight just was coming off. Right I'm not hearing Well, this. okay, so at first, it's great, right? And it, it's serious, because I wasn't doing any dieting. I was doing my regular exercise, nothing special. And the weight kept on coming off, and I was eating Oreos and things like that. Yeah, this is amazing. It's like, great. And then after the 30th pound came off, I thought, um, I better check this out. And this is sure enough, the blood work, blood work came back and said, winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got stress-induced diabetes. And classic. So that was in 2008. And classic. Did I listen to my body about what, what stress was doing to it? No. What ended up happening is I continued to burn the candle at both ends for another 10 years. And then I ended up in the emergency room with a severe case of diabetic ketoacidosis. And for those listening who don't know what that is, basically my body was eating itself alive because of my stress. And that was the epiphany. Your body moment. was stress eating. Stress. It was basically burning itself out. And what ended up happening is, is my body just kept on raising and raising and raising and raising the warning signal and finally said, okay, the weakest part of your body, even though diabetes does not run in my family, was my pancreas. And so, boom, that's, uh, that's what shut down. And now I'm stuck with this, uh, this chronic disease for the rest of my life, even though nobody in my family has it. So, you wow. know, I love it. George says, uh, Sean, once we're, once you're done, Please send me a list of these books starting businesses from the scratch terrifies me mm -hmm. more than anything the Marine Corps ever, ever asked me to do every, everything he's speaking about right now. I don't know how to balance George before I'm going to tell you the very first book. This is my number one recommended book. And then I'll tell you number two, before you even start a business and one of them's one of them's 90 years old and the other one might be a hundred year old books. Start with uh, The Richest Man in Babylon and then go to Think and Grow Rich. In that order, Richest Man in Babylon, Think and Grow Rich. Start with those two. Richest Man in Babylon, Think and Grow Rich. Start there before you worry about any other books. 
What do you think, Professor Pete? I think those are great ones. Those are foundational books, and uh, they'll give you a great start to getting your mindset in the right place. There's one other thing that I would strongly uh, have you have you recommend you do. It's not a book, but uh, one thing that you want to do is clarify your top personal values as it relates to your your career, because you're going to get, there's going to be times as you're building your business, you're, there's going to be times where you have to make these very difficult decisions. And if you have a, if you have clarity over the, let's say your top five personal values, you can run that decision to make sure it's in alignment with those top five, because if they're not, if that decision is not aligned with your personal values, you're automatically adding additional stress. And what I can do, if you reach out to me, um, I can send you the link to, it's, a, it's basically a 10-minute activity that you do. And those, those values don't change with the exception, maybe one in your lifetime. It's what's important to you. And you have to make sure to keep what's important to you in alignment, because if not, you're not being true to yourself and you're automatically adding, adding stress to your life. And if you're adding stress to your life, then you need to go get Professor Pete's book. Mm -hmm. So you have 120 different ways to deal with that stress. That's right. And, and Nate, I, I always am proud of Nate. He went from three, he Woo. went from 50 to 250. <laughs> and he Congratulations, had, Nathan. And, that's and, awesome. And most of it was the, he, the stress he was dealing with was not being able to pick players during fantasy football season. That was his biggest stressor because he loses all the time. He's not a very good picker. Watch <laughs> in a second. And, Shut up. That's not true. So, <laughs> my show, Nate. I get to be the asshole. <laughs> but, you know, folks, check out what Professor Pete's got going on. PeteAlexander.com. George, Professor Pete, Peter Alexander on uh, LinkedIn. You can check him there. His, his uh, indoor, uh, indoor landscaping business. He's got all that information on there. If you're out in the Washington state area, go check that out. Professor Pete, we, you and I still got like a couple of shows to do here. We didn't even get into the, to the yoga. Oh, I know the laughter yoga. We didn't even get into that. Like, <laughs> my God, George, thank you for all the amazing questions. Nate, let me get Nate's other question. Cause we'll go, we'll run over for a minute. Nate wants to know, he called it your hall of fame meal, but do you have a meal? Like this is like, your meal this is the go-to for either a win or or something like that oh yeah That's uh <laughs> there's nathan <laughs> um so my go-to uh would easily be a fresh baked sourdough bread bowl with chili inside of it Which, that is oh my god Oh, I'm broccoli cheddar. I'm a broccoli cheddar in that. That's okay. Broccoli cheddar as well. But, but chili in that sounds. There used oh. to be a place called Just Potato. Do you remember that chain restaurant called yes. Just Potato? And you could have the chili on the potato. And, yeah. And, and they would, but they would do a broccoli cheddar potato soup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, so my that... first, when I was in those day, my first wife, I got a couple of them. In high school, that's where she worked at. And when we were in high school, and she worked at the Just Potato, and it was 
absolutely phenomenal. It is. So that would be, you know, if it, that would be, if I was given the, the ultimate food and George, you're very welcome, uh, happy to help. Um, the, uh, that, that is definitely my go-to, you know, if, if I have a, I have the opportunity and it has to be a fresh baked, not, you know, something you go yeah. to the grocery store and it's rock hard. It has to be fresh baked that, and that, that round cut into it. You pour the chili or broccoli cheddar soup or whatever, or oh, clam chowder. Clam chowder is a real Ooh, popular one too. Oh, so yeah. Oh, it's awesome because and it, it just, it's, it's ultimate comfort, but I also get uh, plenty of, plenty of energy from it. I love a good chili too. Beans or no beans? Uh, beans. Yeah. Beans. I'm with you. Well, okay. I will say this. It depends on what I've got planned the rest of the day. <laughs> because if not, it might be a Blazing Saddles kind of a story. Rob, it's good to see you, brother, man. Hopefully all of CDTA in the shop was watching this one. Look, folks, I, I say this every week and I'll say it again. If you're finding me through Professor Pete or Professor Pete through me, make sure you're giving this a like, follow, share, subscribe. Mm -hmm. All those kind of things. It may sound cliche. Even those of you that are still hanging out with us, go over to whatever app you use, whether it be Apple, Spotify, giving that like or follow, going on to YouTube, giving that like and follow. It, again, it sounds cliche, but by you doing that, that's how Professor Pete's message gets out. That's how this show gets more popular. That's how more people know about what we have going on. That little bit of time that it takes you physically a moment to just go click changes things for both of us and gets our our word out there and what's happening uh talk about next week's show george if you're still out there robert if you're still out there so next week if you didn't know it just get your facebooks and your memes all together the marine corps birthday is november 10th it is coming up uh next week so your entire facebook page will be filled with every marine corps and as we do every year this year it'll be on the 8th we have all these old fart Marines, 8412s, some guys that just retired, some this this past year. So we're all gonna get together, tell a complete bunch of lies about me and about shit that we've all done. <laughs> and um mostly they like to lie and say the shit that I I was a horrible person. George will tell you I was a horrible person. <laughs> the love shit. Um, but we're all gonna tell lies. So that's gonna be next week's uh show, folks. So make sure you're joining us 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, what George said, I was leaning on on no side to the business adventure, but I'm a little more. But George, I listen to me. There is nothing short of graduating from boot camp and then retiring that has been more impactful and more important to me than being my own boss. Now, listen. The one thing I, I heard it before I started, once you own your own company, you get to pick the 70 hours a week you work. But there is nothing more rewarding than owning your own deal and then employing somebody. Mm -hmm. Listen to me, employing somebody has been just as absolutely powerful to me as owning my own business. Mm -hmm. Uh Hope he hopes to have you back. We missed a lot. He has to, brother. We'll, we're we'll talk about it afterwards, and we'll find a time time to have the professor back on. Now, professor, 
this is episode like 207 or 28. So I imagine you've, you should probably know better than I do because you binged every 200 and some episodes. <laughs> the only thing that you've had in your life over the last week where you were like, I've got to know it all, how they do things. And don't log off after we're done here. You and I got to talk for just a moment. What I need to know from you, the most important thing that we always do on every single episode of this show is what is your final word? Oh, I, I I'll tell tell it to everybody because this is the, this is my legacy. What I want to tell people is don't trade your health for your career because it's a very bad trade. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Second Front podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. 